Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. USA! USA! Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Call. Eight to shoot. Call. The runner! Loose ball! It's good! Williams Goss comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. Oh my goodness! Morrison, six! It's time for Zag's Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know which things to use to wipe? Believe in the Zags. He's Rob Zachary. I'm Jack Ferris. It is football season, Rob. Yes, sir. I know you. If football's your number one, isn't it? Like, as in terms of what to watch. Yeah, for sports, absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. And and is, are you a draft guy, or you do the whole fantasy thing? I do. Do you not? I've never. So you're one of the, how... you're one of the last sports fans in general that doesn't do. I'm talking male or female that isn't involved in some kind of fantasy draft. Really? You've, it's just never, have you never been invited? I'm sure you've been invited. You've just never, it's never appealed to you. Uh, you know, I've always been curious and like, I listen to people when they talk about it and I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's weird or anything. I think it's kind of cool. It's like a competitive thing, right? Yeah. How are you not? I think <laughs> it's dude, it's 2020. You need to be involved. in. I know, dude. Of- I don't, I, I just, I just, it's just, I don't know. For me, it's the least on my mind. To, yeah, yeah. You've got like, three kids, but all, but all the more. No, reason, but yeah. All the more I get it. I have a team. It's a, uh, well. I wish I was learning this before opening day of the NFL. We're recording this on a Thursday morning. Uh, I would have gotten some kind of league just to get you involved. No, I'm cool, bro. I'm good. Anyway, yeah, you don't you don't need a pity leak. You don't need a rob pity leak. Yeah, that makes me like what what, what why would I want you like, to like Yeah, you're a child. Yeah. Um big show today, Rob. Huge show. I know, I'm excited. We have maybe the biggest Gonzaga newsbreaker in the game. The biggest Gonzaga newsbreaker in the game. One of the most powerful ones. I would say the most powerful individual in Zags media, Jim Meehan of the Spokes Interview. He's joining us uh, in about seven, eight minutes. He's a real journalist, so he actually had things to do this morning. So he said he'd join us at uh, 11.35. It's real time behind the curtains. Mm -hmm. It's now 11.28. So we're going to wait for him. Uh, Very excited to talk to Jim. Uh, Excellent stuff. If you don't subscribe to Spokes and Review, you should do it. If you're a Zag fan, uh, he produces articles like an absolute machine. If not, if it's not every day, it's like every other day, and it's deep stuff. Because we're be, we're 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 becoming somebody. Okay, Jack. We're we're be we are we are being somebody. We're 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 stars now, man. You know, Rob. It's funny you bring that up. 
<clears throat> we got to stay humble, but we're stars. You, we got to bring that up because I, you know, we, we're very excited to have this platform talking Gonzaga basketball. Okay. Mm-hmm. We love being, we have a small little corner in Gonzaga basketball media. We're happy yep. to have it, but you know, what doesn't make me happy, Rob, what is getting ignored by other members of Gonzaga basketball media. Ooh. Who ignored us? Where are you going? Uh, from the corner! Well, this feels like a, uh, a good time to read an ad, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You may not be at the game this year, unless, of course, you live in Kansas City, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Full disclosure, uh, we recorded this podcast with Jim Meehan on Thursday. It's now Friday morning, so... Uh, game one of the uh, NFL campaign is in the books. And I teased, friends, I teased the Texans and the over. So I got Texans plus 16 over 48. I was a winner. You can be a winner too. Here's how you're a winner. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. I've never bet a coaching prop. Uh, bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online there's also the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook events. And also putting this together, I'm realizing that um, the audio on my computer and microphone were kind of screwed up. So my apologies. It's not uh, the quality you're used to on this fine program, but... Uh, Problems fixed. Not going to happen again. Here's Jim Meehan. From the corner! Who's in the waiting room right now, but uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show. He's even early. What a professional. If you're hearing breaking news, if you're reading it on Twitter, if you're hearing it from word of mouth from your Zag friends, it's generally coming from uh, the phone of the Spokesman Review's own Jim Meehan. He joins us now. Jim. Thank you. <laughs> what's going on thanks for joining us buddy happy to do it a little oh. little worried about your tweet though you know you gotta be all serious and everything well yeah well generally uh rob does this shirtless <laughs> so yes. i told him to be clothed today because we have a real life journalist <laughs> well, i got dressed up for you boys J- oh beer oh look at beer the deer, deer beer, bear a- combo that was christmas present from my oldest from your Are you- it, looks like a, it looks like a jackalope <laughs> it looks like a bear jackalope right there i love this shirt are you where are you from originally jim <laughs> i grew up seattle area okay and uh, went to wazoo sorry rob went to wazoo Hi. Uh, now, do you because you're pretty much the written word of Gonzaga? Do you get a lot of pushback from Coog fans that you don't give them enough love? I mean, that's not your job. But I know Coog fans. I asked my buddy. He was like, "What do you want me to ask Jim today?" And he was like, "Why does he hate the Cougs?" <laughs> you get that a lot. <laughs> I, I get more. Why do you hate the Zags? And I do. Why do you hate? Oh, uh, okay. When you, oh. when you do this job, you get you hate everybody. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, I, I hate to date you, Jim, but my research tells me this is your 30th year with the spokesman. That's hurtful. Uh, <laughs> that is fact, but that is very hurtful. So 
So you and Coach Few came in at the same time. I think we're almost the same age, literally. I mean, within probably six months or something. He started uh, he, as an assistant there, right, when I got to the review? Uh, grad assistant. Grad assistant in, yep. I think it's now 31 years. Yep. I know he's either one year older or one year younger than my age. One of those years he's yep. been there. No, he's he's uh, 20, going on 21 as the head coach and 31 overall, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your relationship like with with Coach Few? Obviously, you're you're in an interesting <laughs> position because, no, I mean you're a journalist. You have to you have to write the news, but uh, yeah. but you also can't afford to burn that bridge. You're writing the yeah, you're writing the news about the most powerful man in Spokane. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, it's uh, I think it's pretty good. Um, you know his his way of doing things. He's he's not. You know, he's not out there on media platforms all the time. Yeah. I mean, they'll do national stuff, you know, when when asked most of the time. But, um, you know, I've, I've kind of just figured out a way to do it the best I can with him and uh, his assistants, you know, are very helpful to work with those guys. Um, but I, I will give Gonzaga great credit for one thing, and I think this goes back to you, Rob, and, and – even way back to the 99 team that they have an open locker room after games. And that is, you know, for a journalist, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's all you can ask. Yeah. And after right. a game, Mark Few will give you as much time as you want. You know, maybe that's in lieu of having a bunch of media days, you know, during the week, we've kind of lost our media days that, uh, makes it a little tougher to do the job. Obviously, when you have a media day, you can get a kid, you can get two or three interviews done. But that open locker room after games, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to plan out a week ahead and figure out who I got to get and what's my, <laughs> what my stories are going to be because that's my shot to get them after the game. And so, uh, so I, I, uh, and I give them a lot of respect for that because not many programs do that anymore. You know, it's just not that way. They control it. They have – they pick the kid who comes out, you know, Washington State football. They pick yeah. two or three guys, and which is fine, but nowhere close to as good from from my side to to have an open locker room. So, Coach Few has well, never we're called, a Jesuit instant. Oh, go ahead, Jack. Coach Few has never called you a sanctimonious troll. He has not. He has not. He has had his times where he is not pleased with me or the review. Uh, okay. Probably the the you, funniest, not the funniest, the one of them that, that always jumps to mind was the Butler game back at at uh, the field house there. Who's your field house? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, it is literally the same as the movie. You go in the locker room, and it is the benches, the lockers. It looks like the straight out of the movie. Um, but that was the game. I can't remember how high they were ranked, but Butler was good. They had Brad Stevens, head coach. Yeah. And the Zags – might have been undefeated. I, I think know. they yeah. were, and they were. Stop. David was inbounding. We had the lead, right? We had a had the lead late. It's kind of just kind of a scramble, ob play, and uh, Olenek, seven foot, and all American. He does the kind of post up, uh, about a six four wing from Butler named Roosevelt. Remember Roosevelt Jones? Something. This is why I love writers 
They, I can't remember I mean, his name. He, you're probably close. But anyway, he's like 6'4". <laughs> and Olenek's just posting him, hey, you know, lob it. We're good. We'll go run the clock down. And he, take, he steals the pass, goes down. It's a tough shot. I think it was right at the buzzer. Yeah, uh, it was. Pretty close to it. And I'll never forget Brad Stevens' reaction, you know. He uh, kind of looked like Dustin Johnson after making another birdie putt. He just kind of walked up and shook Mark Stoic. Hughes' hand. Yeah. Uh, the crowd's going crazy. They're running on the floor. And Steve Hertz is out there picking guys off so they don't get trampled. He, gra- <laughs> he grabs Stockton <laughs> yeah. and throws him on the side. Oh, yeah. And uh, but anyway, a couple days later, I wrote – I actually talked to the kid, Roosevelt, and, and asked him about it. And he said, well, I overheard him talking that, you know, they were just going to throw this lob to – I know a few he's barking out orders on the sideline for the players right in front of the bench. And, and this kid had heard what they were trying to do, which shouldn't have mattered. He's 6'4 and Olympic 7 foot. But he just timed it right, jumped up, and stole it. So I – I, I remember writing the lead something about, you know, the, a little inside knowledge helped Butler to – it wasn't worded that poorly, but something to that yeah. effect. And and uh, a couple of days later, this was back when we had media days, uh, after practice I used to sit on the baseline and, and transcribe my notes and try to keep an eye on practice for about a half hour before I go home. And Dewey kind of sauntered over to the baseline and he, he – he looks at me and said something in effect of, you tell Roosevelt Jones or whatever his name was that we had other options too on that play. It wasn't just the, <laughs> the lob pass to Kelly Olenek. And, and uh, so he, he'd obviously read it and wasn't real pleased with it. But, well, if uh, that's the worst that it's been, I think you, I think you can call it a pretty no, good he's, Look, he, he's pretty good to deal with. I mean, if you treat – like anybody in this business, if you treat them fair and, and, you know, you know, write what you see and what happened, you're generally in good shape. And he's, he's great that way. I'm interested, Jim, uh, because you've been in the business for 30 years, you've seen it shape dramatically. Now, obviously when you started for the first 10, 15, 20 years, newspaper was still pretty much King, you know, that's Mm -hmm. where, that's where people got their info. And just in the last 10, 12 years uh, the industry has shifted dramatically towards the digital side i'm sure more zag fans know you as a twitter presence than your articles Uh, were you like hesitant to make that that switch to being like a a real newsbreaker like this guy isn't starting tonight and did you have a hard time doing that and was there one tweet where you were like oh the game has changed like i'm I'm a twitter guy now i have to be well it it has changed and i'm I'm so old and, you know, crusty that, that it's not normal for me, man. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, when I first started, you know, it was all, we had two editions. We had an afternoon edition, uh, the Chronicle, and, and then the morning, the, the reviews. So you could break news throughout the day. In the old days, there was no Twitter. There was no real online presence, anything like that. Uh, now it's all broken on Twitter, uh, and we'll have a story up on the website within – 10, 15 minutes, but uh, for, for dinosaurs like me, the, the, uh, the, the evolution of, uh, of digital, of immediate news outlets, social media, whatever, everywhere, uh, it's made it tough on newspapers. We're all, 
you know, across the country, newspapers are closing up. They're laying off people. We've had a lot of layoffs uh, going back more than a decade. You know, our newsroom was pretty robust at one time, and and now we've got about four or five sports guys trying to cover, you know, four or five colleges, college football, college basketball. We got seventy high schools. We got a couple of junior colleges. Uh, we got a couple of pro teams, the Chiefs and the Indians. We used to have arena football, which I covered. There's not many bodies to cover that many beats. Yeah, wow. That's a lot of teams. Now that you talk about it, you don't realize how many teams you guys really do cover. Speaking of coverage, I've got an interesting question, and oh. I'm going to hold you to an answer here, Jim. If you, if you don't come up with a response, I have a couple of suggestions for you. <laughs> Weirdest story, weirdest, weirdest zag story you've had to cover in your 30 years at the Spokesman. Weirdest zag story? Allow me to jog your memory a little bit. Okay, help me out. Shroomgate? Wasn't on the beat then. Oh, you weren't on the beat for like, I Come on, Jack. That's where we're going. I know I'm old, Jack, but I, I wasn't on the beat quite then. Okay, well, Jack, we're starting our conversation with that. Shroomgate <laughs> is one of them. I'm, I'd be interested to know what the conversation was like in the spokesman uh, newsroom for Shroomgate. But, okay, I have another one. Yep. Okay. Come on. It's got to be better than that. The Bull Kong experiment. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That oh my um, goodness! I have it. The, the, what an interesting character that Bull Kong was. Yeah, they they moved heaven and earth to get Bull Kong to be a zag, and didn't quite work out the, <laughs> the way they had hoped. Well, he yeah. they he didn't he didn't come here to play defense. That's for oh, sure. No. no, good old Bull. No, he God, he wasn't around very long. I, I do remember that. Um, weirdest story. That that's up there. Weirdest story, weirdest character. Weirdest I mean, uh, Rob had to be a presence in the in the uh, post game locker room scene. Rob, sure. Rob was a go to <laughs> locker room anytime. Sideline during practice. You think yeah. I was bad? You think I was bad, Jack, with just no shirt? Just yeah. picture me in the locker room, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> no, I I don't, I don't know if it was weird, but uh, one of the the oddest stories I did was was Mike Roth never sitting in a game. Oh yeah, and he has to scout out locations and he has to bribe ushers and <laughs> what he does it at every game? I mean, home games he doesn't sit yeah, at the tournament. Went, at the tournament yeah. he doesn't sit. Yeah, yeah. When he went when we when it was the I think it was the the seventeen the run to the national title game, he literally goes to game early and talks up the usher and says look i have this habit and i have to stand and <laughs> i gotta have a good viewing angle and and so they, they they're very uh, friendly with them and let them do it but i always thought that was kind of a, a, a fun one hey i think even he gets a kick out of it now people ask him about it <laughs> like which which tunnel are you going to be in you know what i appreciate about mike roth too is his wardrobe the guy's a big windbreaker guy, whereas a lot of ADs you see just rocking the suit. Yeah. Uh, he's got the strong kicks, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you noticed that, Jim. You've seen that. 
He has got all the shoes. All the J's. I swear, Jack, he's always got a new pair of J's on at every yeah. game. He's, he's as far as he makes sweatsuits look so good, if, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, and that's tough to do when you're his age. He's almost got the golf pro feel. Whether, exactly you know, right. Polo exactly. or just the little windbreaker. Exactly yeah, right. He's, like he's on the senior tour. Exactly yeah. right. Get the hundred and fifty dollar Jordans on. He's he's a good Always. I think Always. we've I think we've mentioned before, Jim. Uh, Gonzaga is a top tier basketball program. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. They are an elite program when it comes to media food. Wouldn't you agree there? Solid. Yeah. They're, <laughs> What's your, they're right up there. I mean, I've had steak at a lot of press press boxes and football. You know, you go to what? South. Who's serving steak? Hey, Rob's territory, Louisiana. Oh, God. Raging Cajuns. I covered a game there. I covered Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette. What? Been down there to games and uh, covered a game at Wyoming where they threw steak and baked potatoes at us. But they had uh, jambalaya down there at, oh. at one of those places. It was just out of this world. But, yeah, the, the Zags. Yeah. So did you drive? Did you You drive from Monroe? You double up where you get the pregame, you know, grazing, and then you come back at halftime. Yeah. Sometimes at halftime they bring the Herrick food over to the to the media minions, and and we scarf on that for a quick (laughs) a quick snack before the second half. The Herrick food is is world class. Yeah. So you when did you start doing full time zags? Uh, Austin Day was a freshman. Oh, so Rob's freshman year. Yeah. Austin we refer to Day. that as Rob's freshman year, Jim. Yeah, we <laughs> came in together. With Rob. Austin Day's first game, 20 and 10. I'll, I'll never forget it. I can't remember my kids' birthdays, but I remember 20 and 10. Austin he was, Day. Against Montana. He was so good. He yeah. was so good. I don't think people realize how good he Austin really is. Yeah. Like – they don't give him enough credit because he was, he was before he was the first guy to leave early. Yeah. I mean, he was a top 30 recruit when they weren't getting top 30. Right. recruits. And, right. Uh, he, he's one of those guys. I mean, he put up good numbers. He, you know, he's a, a lot of times 12 and seven or 13 and eight, whatever. And then blocked a ton of shots. He, I think he had the record. Block shots till BC came along, and uh, or maybe you did you have it, Rob? I think Casey Calvary has it at the end of the day. Okay, but anyway, I think no, but he did. He put like he came third. I think he's third, or I believe he's third in blocks, and that's in two. That's two seasons. Oh, for his career, he's third. No, no, he's right up there. Yeah, Yeah, like all time blocks in two seasons. Yeah, but he. I always felt like he got more static from fans and, you know, people who read, read the paper and email and texts, whatever I get. He got so much static. Uh, I don't know if it was for leaving early or they didn't like how he played, whatever. He was like one of the most – him and Perkins were just lightning rods for that stuff. And I just like – and all Perkins did is <laughs> stay for five years yeah. and, right. you know – Played I, um, the best teams the Zags have ever had. I, I don't quite get it, but I think Austin got a lot of flack. He for, did. He yeah. did. And I think that's just based off of 
it was new to everybody. That's just, it wasn't, we had never seen an LA kid come to Gonzaga and be a one and done type mentality. So that was a whole new mindset. And now we're seeing guys come in and look at Zach Collins and no one's talking, you know, it's so I think it was that kind of deal where it was, we never really had the whole one and done. Uh, really Adam Orson was our only, our guy to not do four years. Yep. Other than that, you can't, I can't think of anyone else. So yeah, he had a lot more pressure I feel. And, and we, he was one of our, he was our highest recruited player we ever had gotten by that yeah. time. Yeah, no, he was something about expectations and, you know, and, and maybe he didn't live up to him with everybody, but I thought he had two pretty good years and, and he was a lottery in the lottery. I think he's yeah. done something right. Yeah, no question. He was a lottery pick. You can't ask for anything else, really. In your 14 years, Jim, which team was the biggest disappointment in terms of lack of success in the tournament, I guess? Disappointment. Huh. I mean, there's one glaring example that stands out to me, and that's 2013. 2013. Wichita State. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, look back now. Fred Van Vliet's a pretty dang good player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ron Baker. Yeah. 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 Ron Baker was nice. a hell. They started hitting three balls like the playoffs uh-huh. at the end of that game for somehow. But yeah, that, that was a pretty bitter. That was a bitter ending yeah. to a team that had a shot. They, they did have a shot. They maybe weren't as stacked as, you know, 15, 17, 18, 19, mm-hmm. <laughs> 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was probably, I mean, it, that was the most disappointing end, but geez, that was a landmark season. I think that was the first team that got to number one. Yep, certainly. You know, guys like Mike Hart, just uh, Mike Hart, the only guy I've ever seen get a standing ovation for an offensive rebound. <laughs> the crowd just came unglued. Um, no. But that, that, that team was, uh, that was a pretty special team with Elias. Elias kind of was the big dog when he was a freshman and then, took on that secondary role and played it well. Yeah. Did Good you know, guard. Kelly's, Kelly's red shirt year when yeah. everyone points to him as being, you know, that was the biggest team player move of all time. And he used it to turn himself into uh, a draft pick. Did you know what he was going to be going into that year? Cause I remember being shocked just as a fan at that point. Yeah, I was a little shocked, but uh, Ray Giacoletti was on staff there. And, and Ray, I think, was one of the big reasons Kelly stuck around. I kept hearing rumors he was going to transfer to Washington State. And so I think at one point I either checked with his dad or somebody on staff, and uh, it took a lot of back and forth. But Kelly decided to, as Ray called it, red shirt at Gonzaga during yeah. his career. And, That's uh, such an ego check. Like, imagine yeah. having to do that. And, well, and It's hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these guys – you know, freshmen come in now, they don't want to sit. They want to go, and they, they don't want a red shirt. And, uh, he, he was, you know, he played fine. He, he was playing some. He wasn't playing a ton. Right. He had a stack of bigs. Had, uh, Rob, you were still That was my senior. Power, Elias. Yep. yep. And some guys even back then that, that it was Spangler. Yeah, Ryan Spangler. Spangler. 
the old quarterback in prep football in Oklahoma. But hey, Spangler led the Big Twelve in double doubles. Is that I think, right? he set, I think he might have set the record for most double doubles. I kid you not. You know, I always liked that kid. He was fun to be around, and he's kind of a country boy from from Oklahoma. And kind of six nine and what two twenty five or thirty five, and he played quarterback in no. this small school football back there. I could just picture him just plowing defensive backs over. Oh, you know, I played him in. I played him in Japan. He was on the number one team in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he uh, he led the league in field goal percentage, and he led the league in rebounding over there. Dude was unbelievable. We had to play him in the playoffs. He was uh, Spangler, all he, and he played with Nick Fazekas. <laughs> the old Nevada guy, yeah. They worked so well together because you had one guy who wanted to shoot everything and one guy just rebound everything. Yeah, he. I, what did he play? One year before he went to Oklahoma. I think it was. I think it was one, one year, year. Yeah, one year. Yeah. And then Kelly, and then Kelly, because I think when it all circles back to you saying Kelly was developing, and Spangler saw it happening. He, we saw it all coming down. Like every, as the players, we see it happening in front of us. He was working on his outside game more, and he was developing yeah. all the little like guard skills he already had, but just fine-tuning them now. And then that next year, I think Spangler realized, too, this ain't going to be my spot again, you know? Well, Kelly, too, uh, you know, I think he was like a six-one or two guard for most of his high school. Right. right. Up in Canada, and then he shot up like nine inches one year. But I remember during that season he redshirted talking to Ray Jack a couple of times, maybe even Tommy and – uh, just ask him about Kelly and Ray Jack several times. He's the best player we have, even then, no I mean, during his redshirt year. So that tells you how seriously he took it and how much uh, – I think all those drills that – I did a story on that with Travis Knight, the tennis ball drills and all these yeah. different drills that he had him do for dexterity and mobility and reaction. And, you know, he used to foul – Kelly would be in foul trouble three minutes into when he got off the bench and he took all that away. I mean, it not only helped his offensive game, but he wasn't, he wasn't fouling nearly as much when he came back and he was a different guy on the floor. He was a puppy. He was like a big giant great Dane when he got to Gonzaga, just like <laughs> flopping all over the place and like stumbling. And then like, like you said, it just fine tuned everything and, Trav did a great job, and he did a great job working at, like, honing those skills in to where he wasn't bumbling and he got his core really tight. And he worked out with Canada basketball, too. He, yeah. Those summers between each year, he always would go play with Canada basketball majority of the summer. Yeah, when he was offbeat stories like you were talking about earlier, Jack, that I did a story on nicknames that guys had. Ooh. And Kelly Olenek told me the guys called him Cankles because his, his – I didn't, I wasn't going to say it. I wanted to say it so bad. He had Cankles. Yeah, he doesn't have Cankles anymore. You see I know. Him? Yeah. He is leaned out. He, yep. he, he looks like he needs a cheeseburger or something fierce. I mean, he's thin. <laughs> yeah. He is thin. I'm so glad we were talking about Kelly Olenek's Cankles on this show. That's what we <laughs> 
That is 100% what we're about. Uh, it's funny, you, you bring up Kelly and you talked about Austin earlier. And of course, Adam, uh, these were Zags that left early. And for years and years and years, that's not what Gonzaga players did. You know, we, we built on guys that stick around for four years. Just in the last, you know, three, four years, it's a blessing and a curse. We get these guys that come in and they are, they know, everyone knows that they're pros in, in one or two or, or three years. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned? The biggest example that comes to mind is, is Zach Norvell. Are you concerned that guys are going to get eyes that are too big and leave and end up regretting it? Because yeah, it you could think, be. Yeah. I think we've, our continuity and going to the tournament every single year and dominating the WCC is because we, have, we don't have a ton of turnover. You know, guys come back, and obviously there, there's value in especially guards that stick around for – for three, four years. What happens to like Duke and most recently North Carolina is all of a sudden you get guys that, that leave and the upperclassmen have no real time game experience. And then if you have a freshman, all everything who gets hurt, you're screwed. So I, I guess I'm, I'm worried Gonzaga could fall into that trap of if we don't have a five-star McDonald's all American, we're screwed for the year. No, I mean, it's possible too. I mean, they're losing guys. You know, Sabonis left early, and mm-hmm. Zach Collins was a one and done. Rui and BC played, you know, BC played one year and left here. Juniors, uh, you know, you had, uh, I mean, that's, they, they've got guys like that. Yeah. And Kelly would have been gone two years ago if he'd stayed healthy. He would yeah. have played sophomore year and he'd been gone. But Jack, and, yeah, Jack. what's up? But then this is why we have your guys like your boy. Timmy, okay, that's why I was like, we're we're lucky to have a guy like Timmy, but <laughs> right it, last year, okay, if we didn't have Timmy with Anton Watson going down, yeah. uh, we would have been screwed. Yeah, when like Philippe's load would have been would have been even bigger. Uh, yeah, I'm just you know one of these years, knock on wood, hopefully it never happens, but we're not gonna find a guy like Timmy to come in and just exceed all expectations. Yeah, that's no, my that's my concern. No, and it's valid. But and part of that's just, I mean, they're, they're barking with the biggest dogs out there in recruiting. They're, they're getting guys that are top 30, top four. I mean, Jalen Suggs is fifth or sixth in the country. Sure. Chad Holmgren is number one in the country. And he's looking Knock at Knock on wood. Yes, yeah, very seriously looking at Gonzaga. Ben Gregg's number 29 in ESPN. They, they, that's high. I mean, those are the kind of guys who can come in, and if they have a year, they can go on. Um, Jimmy I will say to... one thing, though. Most of those guys, there's been a few exceptions, but, you know, Moe's number three overall, Day's lottery, Olenek, lottery, Sabonis, lottery, Rui, lottery, BC, 21st, which was yeah. a shame. He should have been lottery. Yeah. Now, I think there's was... a few that haven't. Zach didn't get drafted, and, and Nigel was a different case. Nigel had redshirted. He was – you know, if he came back and then turned pro, he would have been like 25 or 24 or something. Yeah, it's old. Lose a couple of years of earning there. So, and he was, oh. he was ready. He wasn't probably going to improve his draft stock a ton either way. Uh, that's a different case. But, yeah, I, I think the way they're recruiting, I mean, they've been on – at one point they were on seven guys in the top 30 yeah. in the 2021 class. Those I'm guys just, aren't going to stick around for four years most of the time. Just I, 
and that's what scares me. Obviously, I'm thrilled to be in the mix with all the top dogs. But if at this point, at this rate that we're going, if we miss one year of recruiting, we're in trouble. Yeah. Because, you know, the guys that are on the end of the bench will come in as juniors and seniors and they just won't have any experience. Yeah. Well, we're going to go through it again here yeah. in about seven months or six months because if Drew Timmy blows up like I think he's going to blow up. Yeah, he'll be gone. He's going to be right on that. You know, he's going to have to make a decision too. Um, you know, they just – that's the level they're at, especially with their bigs. I mean, they're bigs. And what they've done in the NBA here of late and – I think BC is going to be first team all rookie when that comes out. Uh, you know, Rui will be close to it, but but uh, I don't know if there's two second team, but that's probably where he'll land. I mean, big time, big time guys, and and uh, they're not going to stick around for four years. They're lucky they had Tilly. You know. As for this season, Jim, and uh, we won't keep you too much longer. I know you're a busy man because you're an actual journalist. <laughs> What does the season you know that term around pretty loosely? <laughs> what does the season look like? I know you know things that you're probably sitting on, but uh, what can you tell us? What can we expect as fans? Well, I think the first domino has got to be the date that they start it, and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. I think the recommendation was November 25th. Um, I think that's probably going to be what is accepted by the D1 Council. I think they have to vote on it. So once they get that done, then you've got the real quagmire of those games from November 10th through, you know, November 25th. And for the Zags, I think there's four or five games in there. They've got Texas, road game at Texas. They've got USC and Portland on November 17th at the Phil Knight deal. Uh, what happens to those games? Um, you know, I, so I wait, think as – of, As of now, that Texas game is still on? Well, I mean, until there's a date set, you know, you're not going to cancel it ahead of time. And maybe they, you know, maybe they can, you know, renegotiate it or push it back to December. I'm not sure how that's going to go. But I think the way things are looking is you're going to see quite a few of these pods or these mini bubbles. Yeah, right. Like you saw down at uh, Orlando and and hockey up at two sites and the WNBA. I mean, it's not going to be at the level of a – NBA where you can't leave the campus and you're pretty much in lockdown. But, you know, I think you're going to see some of these tournaments uh, combined almost where you might have the, the Orlando event combined with another four team event that's supposedly somewhere else and put them at one site. Maybe you get five games or six games in two weeks instead of, you know, a three game run in Orlando. Yeah, because uh, the driving force in those big Thanksgiving tournaments is like ESPN money. Yeah. yeah. ESPN has an incentive to make those games happen, so they're probably going to throw some dollars to get the facilities up and running, right? Yeah, and they're, they're in the Orlando tournament, which has proven yeah. to be successful for holding these bubbles, so I would assume something would go then. I don't think they open until the 26th, so that seems like it's pretty viable. Uh, I, I don't think they'll, you know – lose that, but you've got the question about the Pac-12 uh, for some reason coming out and saying we're not playing until January 1 in all sports. I don't know why they felt the need to... Good job, California. Great job, California. Good job, Jack. Pac-12 is going to end up having to eat some crow yeah. on that, I think. I think they're going to look around and be like, oops. we." Uh... And that's not something you can really back up on. 
No. You know, you make that definitive claim and they back themselves into a corner. So yeah, I think they're kicking it around now because they've got the access to rapid testing and rapid results. I think that's starting to swing back to, yeah, maybe we'll uh, join the rest of the world here and try to play when we're <laughs> supposed to. Will Jim um, Meehan be traveling with the Zags this year? I don't know. I, I, I've been thinking about that. My boss asked me if I'd have any, you know, hesitations and, yeah. You know, the only thing I would – I mean, I wouldn't be wild about flying or staying in hotels. I don't know how how advisable that is, but that is my job, and that that's what I love to do. I, I mean, I spend 40 nights in hotels a year, it seems like. And uh, so that, that part of it, I think, is – I think it's probably going to happen. I think it's going to depend on how they do these bubbles. If they're two-week bubbles – you know, and you got to get there early and be tested two or three times. That's another two or three days. I, I do have a mortal fear, of not only of maybe catching COVID, but of being stuck at uh, the <laughs> Mohegan Sun in Connecticut for four weeks. Hell you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of uh, you know, you're in and out on these trips most of the time. Can we put you on the spot here, Jim? If put and when, if and when you go to one of these bubbles, can we talk to you from your hotel room? on the pod yeah. Okay. yeah i mean i had never heard of zoom till three months ago and and had to be coached on how to do it so i've done all these zoom calls with zag players and kispert and timmy and anton watson and and uh so now i i can actually you know i'm catching up with this digital age jack i'm yeah i'm, I'm advancing well you're a young man jim you're sharp you're <laughs> You've only been in the yeah. industry for 30 years, so, you know. Yeah, you gotta, I don't think so. I got a fake me, and I'm uh, closing in on retirement, hopefully. So. I, only, I only have a couple more questions, and I, yeah. Rob's probably got something, too. Uh, expectations for this year. What would be a failure in your eyes? Why do you keep throwing out failures? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You keep throwing out these hey, man. failures. Hey, man, with great teams, with great recruiting classes come great expectations. Just, just right? say, what is your expectations? No failure. Okay, I don't yeah. Fail, I won't drop the F word anymore. Sorry, yeah, Jim. please. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no way around it. The roster, uh, I think, is as talented as they've ever had. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to ever beat that 2017 roster because they had, they had talent, they had experience, and they had leadership. I mean, that was an old team. Would, you take, would you take 2017 over 2019? Uh, I, I think if they played, I would. Okay. Uh, and, again, I'm BC and Rui, that's a tough combo. Uh, I think if they played, 2017 would win just because they're savvy and Nigel would do something, get them in the right yeah. play. and. Yeah. Matthews had hit a three, and Shemek would, you know, that, that team was just the most consistent, solid, no, they didn't have any, uh, they didn't have any throw-up games. They were just, they're going to beat you, they're going to beat you bad, and I really think, I really think they're the best team in the country. I, I think if they played North Carolina ten times, they'd probably win seven of them. Oh, but really? They, oh, yeah, I I'm not convinced they weren't the best team hmm. okay. that night or the rest of the season. I, I think if they played 10 times, they'd win seven. How sad was Jim Meehan's night that Monday when we lost North Carolina? How what? How sad was Jim Meehan's night? 
How sad? Yeah. I'm not not sad. I mean, I'm not playing. I'm yeah. Okay. I'm more I, of an I observer, know. But... Listen, Jim, and I know this old school journalist deal where you know you're not emotionally involved. It's just your job. You don't get caught up in the highs and the lows. But part of you had to be pretty disappointed that 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 season ended with a loss in the national championship. Well, and on the way it ended, I mean, yeah. the fouls in that second half. My God, it was. My eardrums were ringing from the whistles in that second half. I, I would, it would have been cool to see how Spokane would have gone. We would have run the city down. The, we would have oh, run the city to the ground. Insanity. Yeah. And I mean, just that story. I mean, just that story of Gonzaga, you know, 20, 20 years before that, nobody in the world knew who they were outside of Spokane. And what they've done is still – it's it's as remarkable as any story in college basketball. I mean, you know, Duke kind of languished forever until Coach K got there, and now they've won whatever three or four titles. You know, if Gonzaga would have broken through and won that title, that would have been insanity mm-hmm. in the Indo Northwest. That that would have been very cool. So yeah. to sum it up, this year expectations are national championship or bust. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the expectations are going to be through the roof, and they yeah. should be. I mean, they've got a great-looking roster. they got size. they got big guards. I mean, that's some of the biggest guards. Jalen Suggs is a man. He is 6'4", 200. Uh, you know, they, have, you see, have you seen him play in person yet? No, just highlights. Yeah. 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 I've seen enough. He, he, yeah. can, he can flat yeah. go, and uh, he looks like he has kind of that – it factor intangibles. He, he, he gets it. He plays hard both ends. I think he's going to be uh, tremendous. But I mean, Joel, six five. You know that that Dominic Harris can play. I mean, he is a very good player. The mm-hmm. other freshman. I mean, they've got uh, great size. Every position seems covered. Have pretty good athleticism. You got a guy like Timmy who I wouldn't even blink if he went. You know, 15 and 9, 17 and 9 most nights, whatever. Um, don't forget they, it. They're don't forget loaded. Don't forget about my guy, Marty Arlauskas. Don't forget Arlo is, is Arlo. a good player, too. I mean, they got guys, I mean, Pavel and Umar, and I'm kind of anxious to see what Umar does. You know, he's, he's a mountain of a man, and uh, oh. he put up some extraordinary numbers. He had a game in the FIBA with 32 boards or something. So, you know, where does he fit in? They've got the pieces. They're a bit young, but, you know, they, Corey Kispert, been there, it seems like, 14 years now. Yeah. And he's going to be the leader, and he is. he has become uh, – I saw one of those top ten lists in the NCAA. He, he needs to be in there. He was like 12th or something. It's like you're not going to find a more important guy. One of the biggest question marks you mentioned it is Umar. Would you compare – Umar's game to that of, of a young Rob Sacre's. Rob Sacre, young Rob Sacre. In terms of just being a, a, a presence under the, under the hoop. Oh, he is a force. He is a, a force. He ain't as good looking as me. I'll tell you that. He ain't yeah. as good looking as me. I'll tell that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> better. He's got better hair though. Yo, absolutely. Uh, no can't, question. You can't move him. I know that. Uh, I don't boy. know how advanced his offensive skill is. I mean, I don't know if he has touch around the rim or if he can get his own shot. 
Oh, he has touch. He has touch around the basket. And I think he's going to surprise people. It's all about, though, that first year, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's promising. I mean, he's going to be a guy just a matter of time when. He's Jim Meehan. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you follow him on Twitter. But if you don't follow him on Twitter, you're a moron because uh, the guy has all the latest uh, greatest zag news give him a follow rob do you have anything else for uh for mr james Meehan? no i'm i'm you you asked all the questions that i was thinking jack well, what about the all interview team rob sacri yeah okay let's do it let's do it let's do it all interview team the all interview team yeah jeremy pargo jeremy pargo okay and rob's on the team huh rob's on this team Oh, Rob might be the MVP of that team. <laughs> he was – what did you – I remember he called Pangos. What did you call him? The guy out of the Terminator or something? Yeah, he was. He's John Connor. The, <laughs> I was John the Connor. He had yeah. came back and wanted to destroy whatever <laughs> basketball player that was in front of him. Uh, I would say uh, Stephen Gray was just an interesting dude. Fun to talk to. <laughs> That's well said. He's, well said. Uh, I still like talking to Stephen Gray, you know? Uh, what, a, what about um, Perkins? Perkins has to be. He was good. He was great. Yeah. That Easy. Was, that was it. He had, to be, he had to be an oddball up there. How about Rui? How's your Japanese? Rui was great. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, I think the first year, kind of when he started playing, not, not his true freshman, but his sophomore year, when I – when I'd come up, his eyes would just be like saucers. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't do this. I don't. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Yeah, but cool. he was actually fine. And then, man, you talk about a guy who picked things up so quick. Mm-hmm. And he actually, you could joke around a little with him. And, <laughs> a little, just a little, just a he, little. He got to where he kind of knew, you know, sayings and culture, and it was mm-hmm. great. A lot of fun. I couldn't yeah. imagine. Oh, I guess. I guess I have one last question. I've, yeah. I've had like five one last questions. The most excited you've been, and again, I know you're a journalist, you're stoic when you're at these games, but did you ever find yourself like kind of jumping out of your seat a little bit? My, and my follow-up would be, could it have been the West Virginia game? That shot by Jordan kind of sends electricity through you. Yeah, yeah. Did you catch he yourself like? Blocked. Did you catch yourself doing a fist pump or something? Oh no, I'm not a no, I'm not that way. <laughs> it's like you watch it and you go, "Holy cow!" Did that just happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I'd say BC's block on the Tennessee kid mm-hmm. down in Phoenix mm-hmm. was like the double take. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. BC did that a lot. I, BC's unbelievable, but uh, uh, I, I, you know, one of the. This was your guys' squad, Rob. That team, you guys went through hell that one year. You, you lost three in a row or something in the league. Yep. You're like tied for fourth or fifth at one point in league. And it's a 14-game season. It ain't no 18 or 16-game right. season. And they came back, and I think, was that the year of the St. Mary's game That's, down there? The I love overtime? that game. I love that game. Is that the year? That was when 86 or something. You and Dow were hitting free throws. That was. I think so. I think I can't. Man, it's a. It's all a blur now. Honestly. I mean, that building was tough to play, and they were good that year. They're the ones who were 
Well, they had the double little guards. They had Mickey McConnell and Della Dova yeah. playing at the, in the backcourt. And you're like, oh, man. Like, yeah. And you guys went down and beat them. That was kind of one of those games where you look back and go, it all could have ended, right? I mean, the streaks yeah. all could have ended. Yeah. I, w- I, was, I was thinking of the at Santa Clara game, Rob, your freshman year. <gasps> when Santa Clara was up to inbounding Steve. the ball. Steve stole the Brody it. Angley foul. Brody Angley yeah. fouled him for no reason. That was, time expired. That was, that was another. That was like 70 feet from the hoop. Yeah. And then, and then Steve had to make two free throws with nobody on the court at yeah. Santa Clara to tie yep. the game. Yep. Yeah. Was, well, yeah. I'm old enough to have covered Calvary's tip-in. Oh, okay. That, that was another one where you just like, – you, Were you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that one and then uh, all the shot. Meech's shot against uh, – Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan Matthews, those those all send the electricity through you, keep them alive. <laughs> well, you know what's electricity right now? My kids. They're yeah. about to destroy my house. I know that for a fact. Perfect ending, perfect ending. Uh, Jim, you're fortunate enough you get a little bit of, uh, of Rob Sacre wisdom to uh, carry out your, your Thursday with. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Be where you are, otherwise you will miss where your life is. From the corner, and it's over! Gonzaga, the flipper still fits! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.